Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at caspertrial.com slash ring. Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast, a podcast for royals and non-royals alike. I'm Daniel Pasternak, wedding planner, and most definitely not a princess. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer, and my wife thinks I'm a prince. Let's do this. Holy moly, Dan, it is the last episode of season four. Of season four. Of the oh. Puttering on a podcast. This this is just like flying by. Like we're in, we're we're gonna head into the fifth season, which is gonna have our fiftieth episode in it. Yes. Wow. This is crazy. So this episode absolutely snuck up on us when we were um, going through it all. Uh, I just realized that this is episode forty eight, and if you divide by twelve, as our seasons always are, I realized, oh my goodness, this is our last episode of season four. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we're really happy that you tuned in this week and that you're here listening to us. And this is going to be a, a I think this is going to be a fun episode. Yes. Because um, we get to talk about, you know, uh, maybe some clickbait. What's well, not going to be clickbait. We actually really want to talk about things you can learn from right. da, 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 da. the royal wedding. Woohoo! So obviously, um, as of this episode coming out, which is going to be in June, um, we uh, like some time has passed since the royal wedding has actually happened. And Dan and I sort of wanted yep. to digest it all and just see what was sort of coming out about it and all these different things. And I'm happy to say, I don't think, at least from what I've seen, I haven't seen too much negative come out after the fact. There is a little bit, which I want to talk about um, in That's the episode itself. Though. Yeah, exactly. But I'm happy to see that it, people are sort of like moving on from it and going on to the next happy thing or maybe yep. not so happy thing that's happening in the world. So um, honestly, Dan, when you uh, found out about this royal wedding happening and they announced the date and all this stuff, were you like, okay, I'm going to watch it? Or how did you approach it? No, I uh, I didn't watch it. Uh, one, because it was just, I have a kiddo and it was, I think I was also working that day. Um, uh, I had a wet, yeah, because it happened, let's see, it happened the uh, 19th, right? Which May 19th, 19th here. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a wedding that day. And you, well, you also had to wake up at like, you had to like wake up at like 6 a.m. or something to turn it on. And um, it was just too much for me. I, I would have watched it, uh, I think, if I, I would have tuned in, if I would have had that time available because it's a wedding and, you know, it's a happy thing that you get to watch and enjoy. So I probably would have, but I was walking, I was working that day. 
That makes sense. I, um, everybody, not everybody, but I had a few people ask me like, are you excited for the royal wedding? Are you going to watch? Yada, yada. And really going into it, I was like, not really. I mean, I'm excited for them. I think it's a lovely thing, totally. but I wasn't like on like royal wedding watch um, and, you know, obsessing over all the details. But that dip, that morning we woke up and we sort of threw it on the TV. And I fully admit I got hooked right in watching it. Um, and I think obviously oh. this is what I do, right? So I was very much looking at all the different like logistical elements that are coming into play with it. But I was also just appreciating it for, for what it was as well. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't sit down. We were doing a bunch of different things that morning, but uh, it was, it was nice. I was, I'm glad I sort of tuned in to get, you know, to watch that. Did you have a Royal wedding spreadsheet as you were like going through, like right, making notes and things. So maybe a Royal wedding, Google doc. No, not so much differently pros and cons. I was making note, though, of the times where if I was the planner of that wedding, the times where I would have absolutely been throwing up my breakfast because of the nerves <laughs> and anxiety that that poor person and their team must have been feeling to have that many eyes, um, you know, on on the event that you are sort of responsible for has to be an insane amount of responsibility that I think I think whoever did that handled it beautifully and did a wonderful yeah. job and bless their heart because a non-royal wedding gives me all of the nerves and anxiety. I can't even imagine if if I knew like a billion or whatever people were watching it on TV too. <laughs> like holy crud. What what were the moments that stuck out to you that you that you saw that were both ones the the ones that made you want to throw up but also ones that you just thought were really sweet? Oh my gosh, probably one of my favorite moments. Well, I have two favorite moments. One is right as um Megan was coming into the um into the chapel. Is it a chapel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a chapel. So right as she was coming into the chapel, there was two page boys standing behind her holding the train of her dress. Yeah. And this one this one of the little boys had this like, oh my gosh, reaction. Like, <laughs> like his, his mouth opened wide and it was just like, he just got so excited. And I think he was probably like just having a very like in the moment reaction to it. I loved that. Um, and then I love the moment when um, Prince Harry uh, took the veil off behind her and he just sort of like looked up at the veil and just like moved it back and like, you know, you could just see he was like, okay, I got to make sure I like get this, you know, just right and just sort of looked at her. Um, there was a lot of interactions they had, but that moment like I think is very much sort of ingrained in my brain yeah. from it. Oh, it sweet. How about that. you? I really liked – um so I, I tend to be a bit of a sentimentalist. I'm an extreme empath and – uh I know that it was televised and I know that there were so many people watching and I just liked some of the moments where it seemed like they were in their own little world. Um, like there's one moment where, you know, they're standing there up at the altar and, you know, Harry's looking over <laughs> and he says, um, he says, you look amazing. Like just, mm -hmm. just in a voice, like you can, you can totally under lip read and understand what he's saying. But to me, it just felt really says you look amazing. I'm so lucky. Oh, really? Is that what and, he said? Yep. Yep, he says, I'm awesome. so lucky. And I just thought like, you know, one, I, I just can't imagine that he would be faking that or, or playing that right. up or whatever. Um, right. he, he just he just looked directly into her eyes and, and just you could feel it like it was written on his face that it was yeah. genuine. It was true. And I just love that. Like it's a 40 some million dollar wedding, which we'll talk about later. But <laughs> like you, even though you have this big fancy wedding, there's still these real moments in it, you know, right. like. right. Uh, speaking of lip reading, Dan, did you happen to see, so there are these group of guys that always put out the like NFL bad lip reading. Um, yep. they did one for the Royal wedding. 
I posted it on my Facebook. I'll put it in the show notes, but um, it's it's really <laughs> funny. Did you see it at all? I did see it. It's a lot of like guests and guest reactions and things and them talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and uh, the the pastors thing was like overdubbed and everything. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So silly. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a day filled with these very genuine interactions. That's what it felt like to me. I love the fact, so traditionally the groom is supposed to face away from the aisle, um, facing the altar with his back to the bride as she walks down the aisle. And Harry made the choice to very much face her as she came down the aisle. I loved that so much. Yeah. Um, Just those little things. And I think when he told her, like, you look really amazing, I think all she said was like, thank you. And I just, like... Like she didn't sort of like turn away in that moment or be like, oh, no, it's, you know, whatever. She's was like, thank you. You know, just this yeah. nice, like, I feel good. And I loved her, her look. There was obviously a lot of talk about what she chose and how she chose to do her hair and how she chose to do her makeup. And the, one of the first things when I saw her, I was like, that's perfect. It's perfect. Yep. I Clean, loved it. Classic, very simple, elegant. Hell yeah. Yeah, it still very much looked like her. It didn't look like her yep. with like a, 10 pounds of makeup on her face. Obviously, yep. she's stunning to start with. Um, <laughs> but like she didn't try to like, okay, well, it's a, you know, well, it's a royal wedding. I need to really, you know, wear the dark lipstick and make sure I've got all the rouge on my face and all the blush right. and all the things and all the bronzer and all this stuff. She just looked positively, uh, wonderfully stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think... What naturally happens, um, which is something I want to talk about, what naturally happens, though, as you um, sort of see her look, um, the most natural thing for everyone to do is to compare it to Prince William and Kate's wedding that happened, you know, years ago. And obviously, like, Kate had a much different look than what Meghan did, but they're also two very different people. You know, and I yeah. hate um, I posted about this on my Facebook just to see everybody saying, oh, well, she didn't look as as Megan didn't look as royal in bunny ears as Kate. And she, you know, Kate was more this and Megan was more this and this, that and the other thing. The Who comparison cares? to these two weddings was just like, ugh, barf. I just I got so mad. Missing the point. Seriously. Missing the point. Weddings should always reflect the personalities and the priorities of the couple getting married. And if. Yeah. Honestly, if 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 Meghan and, and Prince Harry's wedding looked exactly like Prince William and Kate's wedding, people would have been ticked about that too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah. I just ugh. Yeah, you're right. And I just think that weddings can bring out the best and worst in people, right? Like uh, again, and I'm just going to keep harping on like bring this up, but it's like like they have this big spectacular wedding and they spend how much money on it. And it's still the same issues, the same moments, the same feelings that a $10,000 or $5,000 wedding has. They still Mm -hmm. walked down the aisle. There were still these little moments. There was still drama beforehand. They're still comparing it to their friend's wedding. There's still, um, people are still picking it apart. Oh, she did this or she did that. Or I like this or I like that. And it's like, it's amazing. Like that, like the, the disparity between the reactions for those two things, like how good and how amazing some things can be about it. And yet it also brings out the worst in people. Like you're saying where 
you know, there's just so much comparison between the two people who literally have nothing to do with each other. Two totally separate people. You know, mm -hmm. even the brothers are two totally separate people. Harry and William are vastly different. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And, it, and in the know. best way possible, as they should be, because yes. they're two individual right. people, right? Yep. And yep. I think I, I, my heart sort of went out to for, for these guys because obviously everything that they're going to do is going to be compared to that wedding that happened first. And it's so relatable yep. because how many of us that are getting married are have either siblings that have previously gotten married, close cousins that have previously gotten married that are, you know, you're going into it with this thought of like, okay, well, they did that, but we're not yep. those people. And I think yep. it's easy to say like, well, how can we make our wedding better? Which, you know, you just, you want to plan the best event you can. But sometimes like when you're going into it with this mindset of like, okay, well, what can we do to top that? I don't know. You know, I think like, I think if that is your goal and that's your priority, a, maybe you need to have a talk and shift those priorities a little bit yep. because it's just going to come off as this very fake, um, disingenuine event. You know, it's going yep. to feel like, oh, well, they're just trying to have like 20% more flowers than they did. And she's just trying to have 20% more sequins on her dress than she did. And yep. all of those things are just going to feel like, oh, okay, obviously we see what's happening here. So with, yeah. with these two going into it with Prince Harry and Meghan, like, they had to make all sorts of decisions. And I can only imagine that people were like, well, when when Prince William and Kate did it, they chose this. Yep. What would you like to do? You know? And yep. I feel like if, if you're making all of your decisions based on that, like, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, talk about pressure, right? Like, like, you know, Prince Harry is is Prince William's younger brother. Right. So how often do you believe or do you feel that that? you know, Prince Harry has to live in the shadow of his older brother, right? And like, even at moments when it's his time to shine, when he finally gets the opportunity to, to express himself to the, you know, to the world, to, you know, his, uh, his bride to be and, and feel happy. Yet everybody is still just saying the same things. Everybody's still comparing him to his older brother who's living in a shadow, you know, like stop comparing me to somebody else's wedding. You know, I, I'm willing to bet that he just didn't want that and just talk about pressure. That's, I guess, right. you know, and I, I, a lot. I th yeah, I think it's, it's you know, we're not saying, you know, if you have a sibling that's gotten married, your parent is absolutely going to say, you know, well, at so-and-so's wedding, we did this, and right. either they liked it or they didn't like it. So it's a learning experience, right? You want to take it and say, like, well, we really liked that about it or we really didn't like this about it, so how can we how can we fix that? Or how can we, how can we make sure that that happens again because I thought that was a really nice thing? So there's going to be a little bit of that. But I think it's just not about trying to say, like, well, how can we, like, you know, just outdo that and just like, oh, make it the best wedding ever. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, it's one of those things. And really, um, so I did some fact checking on Wikipedia. So if any of this stuff is wrong, uh, we did get that information from there, but we're <laughs> trying to be as like um, respectful as possible of, of the facts that we have. So yep. in that we, I found out, so um, Prince William and Kate's wedding cost roughly 26.7 million pounds, which if you convert it to dollars is about $31 million. But yep. Prince Harry and Meghan's wedding was 32 million pounds, so about $42 million, so about $11 million more. And really, obviously, I guess there's a certain amount of inflation involved, but really, um, their wedding ended up costing a little bit more. And to me, Prince William and Kate's wedding came across as much more... Um, I don't want to say elegant, but a lot more like stuffy and regal and grace, you know, like those are all things. Yeah. Whereas 
<clears throat> Whereas uh, Megan and Harry's wedding just felt much more relatable and down to earth and very just yep. wholesome. Uh, so I really liked it, but I was actually shocked to find out that their wedding, um, a little bit more money was involved, especially because we know Prince William and Kate's wedding, they had um, they had to invite more political people because of Prince William's status, whereas Prince Harry is only like he's like sixth in line to the throne. So they don't have to like schmooze him with the political people as much, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of relatable, can we talk a little bit about like the family drama? Because yes. I feel like like that is totally something that, like you said, you know, it's a forty-two million dollar wedding, um, and yet there's still family drama. There's still uh, dad beforehand and stuff with the half sister and all these different people trying to get in the limelight and and you know knock Meghan Markle a few uh, down a few pegs, right? And mm-hmm. it's just it's it's funny but sad that like you know even at that level that it's it's still a wedding it's still your family's family right <laughs> your family so you can't pick them um nope. more money more problems <laughs> more money more problems yeah oh man yeah That's so i guess i guess so dad's situation um megan's dad which also um asterisk i love the fact that she walked herself down the aisle that's also in my yeah. like top favorite moments um and then prince charles uh walked her the rest of the way down the aisle. I thought that was just wonderful and amazing. But initially it was announced that her dad was going to attend and walk her down the aisle. And then, you know, things happened with paparazzi. He was accused of, uh, well, he admitted to sort of staging some photos for them. And then that week um, it was sort of announced that he underwent heart surgery and physically, you know, know, his doctors were saying that he wasn't able to attend uh, because he would need to be recovering. And I just imagine like, gosh, the week of your wedding and then to have your dad go through that and find out he's not able to attend. That's a yeah. really, it's a really hard thing, especially when you know all eyes are on you. And, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think from, from what I witnessed, she handled it really well. Um, but it's still hard, even, even, even on that, even when you've got a royal wedding on your hands, you've still got family to, <laughs> that are going to do their thing, <laughs> that are just going to be them. Did you did you hear anything about like the paparazzi pictures like he was he was paid to uh, like stand up in in some of these staged paparazzi pictures? Yeah, that's what he admitted to. Mm -hmm. That's what he had admitted to. Um, I don't I don't know what it was or or what it involved. Um, I mean, even her she has a half sister. Um, yeah. from her dad's first marriage who was really having a good time talking negatively about her and she's from what I read she's also writing a book called The Diary of Princess Pushy's Sister which is just huh. gross um, because yeah. you know now she has this you know platform where she figures well my half sister is this you know royal family she married into the royal family and now I'm going to make money off of it and god it's gross I think it's gross yeah can we talk for a second about like I feel like there's a strange theme. Like you ever have like themes pop up in your life and it's just like, like you just see these themes, like all of a sudden uh, something will like pop out. And it's like, you see mm-hmm. this theme like coming up from all these different areas, podcast, book, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theme that I, I've been hearing lately and it's like, like not taking stock of like of yourself, like just constantly blaming other people for other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Actually, I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast with, uh, David Goggins is on it. And if you don't know who David Goggins is, if you're like a an athlete or, or just interested in the mind, this guy's just amazing. He, he like 
he's just got the most amazing, powerful mind um, in terms of just like determination and, and pushing through things and hard times and everything. Um, but he just says, uh, he's like, it, it took me forever to like, like take stock of that and to not blame mothers for me being 300 pounds to not blame mothers like oh, oh it's you know it's it's the doctor's fault it's uh you know it's my um commander's fault in the army it's this guy it's that guy it's this person it's you know it's my genetics it's whatever and i just feel like that's it, in some way is is what i feel like is happening here like like rather than being happy for your half sister rather than just being you know, close to her or whatever. She just wants to steal her thunder away um, mm -hmm. in whatever way she possibly can. And it's like whenever, like, sometimes it's just funny. Like when other people see somebody succeeding, their immediate reaction is like, you know, hopefully you would hope that like they would reach out to them and connect them and find like, oh, wow, what are you, what are you doing to lose weight? What are you doing to do this or that or whatever? But sometimes it's to tear that person down. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's one of those things where we all have our bad moods, right? We all have those days yeah. where like we see somebody doing something and maybe they don't deserve it or maybe like, you know, maybe you just want to be like, you know what, if people knew the the real side of it, if they knew really what that person was about, you know, they'd see. And you have those like little like those little moments where you're just like grumbly and upset and you just want to like yeah. write a post about it or, or do something. And then you sort of have to sit back or at least, you know, I'd recommend sort of sitting back and being like, well, what is that going to do? Like, I, I, am I going to feel better? Like, it's going to be a super temporary, like, ah, yeah, I showed them. But then you're going to feel like crap afterwards. And then you're going to yep. deal with repercussions from it. So it's one of those things, like, I get it. We all have our, like, dark moments where we just want to, totally. like, oh, you know what? That was really frustrating. And why did they have Shake to do our that? Fist at the world. Yes, exactly. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, well, I'm a person who very much thrives in peace. Like, I need peace yeah. in my, in my, in my environment. And when there's not, I physically feel it mentally. I'm disturbed by it, all these different things. And I, I don't understand, um, those that are able to live with such confrontation and negativity. I honestly don't know how they do it and, and, and survive because I, I can't even imagine what that must feel like. And, you know, obviously we all choose our own paths in this life and everybody's allowed to do what they, what they think is best. But man, I don't understand how tearing people down is, healthy or conducive to living uh <laughs> we'll just use a millennial term to living your best life <laughs> <laughs> living my best life bro so that's what we want to talk about this royal wedding well i want to talk about um i want to talk about some things that i think we can take away from this royal wedding in a positive note right. things that we can have been inspired from but before we do i do want to give a little shout out to our sponsor casper casper Ooh. is um yeah, Casper is our sponsor for this episode, and Casper mattresses are honestly like sleeping on a dreamy cloud. They offer zone support, so your back gets extra support to stay aligned, which is obviously more and more awesome as we get older. I definitely have a crick in my neck from sleeping on a bad mattress earlier this week. I was staying someplace and did not get the best sleep. They did not have a Casper mattress. Mm -mm. And if you're like me and you're like a furnace at night uh, because you're always so warm and hot, I'm just going to stop talking now. Casper uses this stuff called open cell foams that literally have tiny pores to let just like all that hot air escape from you. So you can stay cool and calm and collect like a cucumber all night long. Nice. I don't like cucumbers, but Casper offers free shipping and returns. So your mattress is literally going to show up in the smallest box that you can imagine for a mattress. It's positively ridiculous. If you don't like it, you can ship it right back. So for being a put a ring on a podcast listener, Casper is going to give you 50 bucks 
towards any mattress purchase. Visit caspertrial.com slash ring to save $50 off your mattress. Sleep better or your money back. Get after it. All right, so let's talk about uh, a little bit about some things that I think we can take from the royal wedding to inspire us and make us have conversations and be like, hmm, what do we like that? Do we not like that? Uh, let's talk about that some more. So, right. uh, Dan, I know you have a few things. I have a few things. Um, yep. The one I that sticks out immediately is the one I just mentioned earlier, which is that solo walk down the yeah. aisle that Megan did. Yeah. Which Very obviously traditional. Yeah, obviously came from a situation of a little bit of drama, but she handled it well. And I just loved that, that beautiful walk down the aisle. I don't, did you ever see the movie, um, The Sound of Music? Yeah. With Julie Andrews and all the kids and the yodeling and the hills and the nuns. Okay. It's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. So when she eventually marries, spoiler alert, when she eventually marries Captain Von Trapp, she has this very similar walk down the aisle where it is just her. All of the nuns are singing, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And it is one of those moments, uh, one of those movie moments um, where a wedding is taking place that is just so powerful and so just gorgeous and full of emotion. And she just has this solo walk down the aisle. And that's exactly what Megan's walk down the aisle reminded me of. Um, I love that she chose to do that. And I also love that um, Prince Charles, Prince Harry's dad, met her towards the end and walked her the rest of the way. Just as a little bit of, um, I felt like it was a very like family inclusive thing, very much an acceptance thing, very much of like, I got you, you know, like, you know, you're, you're, you know, we're all family now. I like that. I feel like that that last part that you just said is what cuts right to my core. That that Prince Charles, you know, Meghan Markle's a non-royal. She came from America. All these different things, and she's divorced. She's divorced. It's like she's the 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 bold breaker, right? And I just love that he still just like extended his hand. Both mm-hmm. figuratively and literally to say, you know, if your dad can't walk you down the aisle, I will be happy to. I'll be happy to walk you down um, so you don't have to or whatever. And what he didn't push it. He just said, you know, I want to, I want to be there for you. Uh, like you said, he's just he's welcoming her into the family. And I love that she chose to do both. Yeah. Right. Like like she can stand on her own two feet. She's a powerful young woman. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think more women can learn from that, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I the think, Moana conversation we were having before this episode. <laughs> yeah. Dan and I were talking about Moana and how it's just this like wonderful theme and just overall message that it gives to young women and just everybody yep. in general. It's just such a good thing. We yep. were also singing it, but we will spare you from that torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least on this end. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely a very, a very powerful statement. And I think also if, if you're a person um, that you were like, you know what, I, I really like the thought of this. Um, but maybe your dad is still a big figure in your life and you're lucky to still have him around and you, you want to do it in a way that doesn't sort of shun him or, or take that role away from him. I think walking part of the way on your own and then walking the other part of the way with your dad or your mom or your brother or, or everyone doesn't matter. Um, I think it's okay to say, I would really like to do this. Um, and there's so many ways you can incorporate those you really love and admire and respect into your wedding without necessarily following the traditional routes of doing so. And I think as long as you have a discussion with those people beforehand to say, this is what I would really like to do and this is why, then you don't walk away from it with the same potential hurt feelings other than saying like, dad, you're not walking me down the aisle. I'm doing it myself. You know what I mean? It's about the approach of it, but I really like that. Yeah. And another way she broke the mold was that she didn't 
have any bridal party, uh, no maid of honor, right? Right. Yes, yeah, she didn't have a maid of honor. Prince Harry had his best man as as William. William. Yep. yep. And then, but yeah, she chose not to have a maid of honor. And from what I read, it was that she just didn't want to have to pick one person out of her friends. So, oh. um, she, yeah, she felt like it would it was a really tough call. Um, though it did result in her veil being really wonky. <laughs> Yeah, nobody like hold it back. Although Guys. Uh, of all the pictures that I have seen, the the photograph of the page boys uh, holding her veil as she's walking into the chapel, uh, like that huge sixteen foot long veil with these two like little boys at the very back end, just like holding it. It was it was pretty adorable. Let's be honest. Can I actually drop some really amazing facts on you about that veil? Yeah. Okay, hit me. <clears throat> So her veil. <laughs> Let me clear your throat. Yes, I'm very excited about this. I loved this. I absolutely positively loved this because it was this like very slight nod um, that was obviously, you know, it wasn't this big thing. But so it was a silk veil. Like you said, it was 16 feet long and it was embroidered with 55 flowers. So 53 of those flowers were for countries of the Commonwealth. Um, and then the other ones was um, Winter Sweet, which grows in front of Nottingham Cottage, which is where Meghan and Harry live. And then the California poppy for the state of Cal or the state flower of California. So oh. I just thought that was so wonderful and sweet. And it wasn't this like big like, hey, we're representing all these countries and our families. It right. was just this like very personal thing that nobody could really see other than the fact that they just admired this beautiful veil. But it was just this wonderful moment. It's, yeah, like that veil like probably cost up. a million dollars. But. Oh, totally. She didn't like stand up with a microphone and say, okay, everybody, check this out. Look at what I did here. Check this out. I'm awesome. I'm going to rule over you all one day. Right. No, she won't. She never will. They did get noted. Wait, what did they get? They get. They got duped. Uh, I don't think that's the right word. They're now Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Oh, so okay. Prince William and Kate are Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, and they are Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Also, did you know they don't have last names? So like... What's Prince Harry's last name, Dan? Uh huh. Harry. <laughs> yeah. I thought his first like, name was Prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally nailed it. That's so right. I, I went... thought that's why they're all like in the family. They're all princes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's it's like yeah. Uh, so I, I went down this whole rabbit hole of because my mom. I was sitting there doing research um, to to talk about this episode, and I was with my mom, and she's like, "Wait, what's her last name?" And I was like, "It's, it's." I have no idea what their last name is, Ma. So I went down this rabbit hole and they really don't have last names. It goes back to like, I think the 50s or the 60s, where if a woman marries into the royal family and she needs to change her last name, it becomes like something, something. It's like something Windsor, um, but it's hyphenated. It's all this whole thing. Ooh, But it is like, it is, um, yeah, they don't really have last names. Like Harry has like four first names, but no last name. <laughs> That's really silly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I, wonder what that, I wonder what that's from. If anybody knows out there, write us and let us know. Wait, what? What's from the fact that they don't have a last name? Yeah, like like what uh, what the what that means? Like, how would they trace the lineage then, uh, other than just being called Prince or whatever? You know, well, just the fam the family name I think is Windsor. It's just that nobody has that name as part of their like birth name. Like they don't go by it. Like they're like they have Madonna status. They don't they don't oh. need no last name or Adele. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm good with that. Or Zendaya. <laughs> or Bono. Bono. Or Shrek. Shrek, yeah, yeah. Hey, Moana, yeah. too. We don't know Moana's yeah. last name. I mean, they're up Maybe. there. 
anyway. The, 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 the icons in our life. <laughs> the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, please announce Moana. <laughs> Followed by Shrek. <laughs> and Bono. All right, anyway. Quite the guest list. Ah. <clears throat> That was cool. You know um, what surprised me, actually, um, seeing everybody sort of arrive for the ceremony? Everybody had um, – I was expecting to see ball gowns, and I don't know why. It's probably just the fact that I don't understand um, English ceremony traditions. But to, to think of a, a royal wedding of, of that caliber and that, you know, regalness, I just for sure thought everybody was going to be showing up to that ceremony to the chapel in ball gowns, not thinking, duh, they're going to go home and get changed into a – this insane number but they all had these like short you know knee-length dresses on and it was Hmm. it was cool there was some pretty interesting outfits yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah i just thought it was interesting what did you think of um megan's dress or dresses should i say i like that you're thank you for asking me about that uh because as a guy i feel like you know i don't always get to have to say on that and i don't know i don't really have to say about that no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Did she wore a dress? I wasn't really paying attention. Um, now, uh, so I, right, well, I guess we have to compare a little bit, right? So Princess Kate obviously had that like beautiful long sleeve lace dress that you know looked very regal and elegant and all this stuff, and and Megan's dress was clean right it was so classy it was it wasn't embroidered it was just very very simple right and i think sometimes simplicity speaks volumes mm-hmm. um and i just love that you know again like you you see this massive church that's all ordained and you see this huge flower uh, archway that's so big and massive and detailed and there's all these you know Prince Harry, his his outfit is it's not a suit, right? Like it's the opposite of kind of what we wear over here with, you know, yeah. a suit and maybe a pocket square and and that's it. But, you know, he's got medals and a sword and all these different things. And I just love that. You know, I wonder what the the fittings were like for her. Like mm-hmm. I would I would hope that she got to choose that choose that dress, right? Me too. And that in there she's she's going through and she like sees this like very plain, very classic, very well-fitting dress and says, that's me. And I think that, <laughs> that's what you want to hear, right? Like this is her, right? right. And I, I just, that's what I hope that, that she chose that, not to be completely opposite from Kate, not for any other reason than, you know, simple can be elegant. And like right. I said, speak volumes most. Absolutely. And I think um, obviously though, she did not go through that process of going to a bridal store and picking out a dress. <laughs> she had, you know, her, her, her ceremony gown um, was by Givenchy and that drought, that gown was designed and sketched for her and then made for her. So it was a little bit probably different process than many of us uh, <laughs> will ever experience. But uh, that said, I did see the sketch for it. It is positively gorgeous. The only thing that I was like, huh? about was the fit of the dress like something about it felt like looked bulky it, like I I can only imagine that with the stress of all of this that homegirl probably had to lose like she was probably just losing weight from this year the sheer stress of everything alone you know what I mean yeah. um and just probably that that easily may have happened but that was my only thing was like 
I wanted it to fit her only slightly better. But that said, it was it was positively stunning. And I think the only reason we we saw the fit of it so much is because it was so simple. It was so purely simple that there was nothing else to sort of notice on it was, yeah. you know, just that little bit of fit. And I don't mean, mean to harp on it, but no. I just think it's definitely one of those things where that 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 a person who has like probably a billion seamstresses at her disposal. Oh, that's terrible to say. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I th- I would have expected that a little bit more, but maybe it yeah. was something where she wanted it to be comfortable. She didn't want it to be too tight fitting. I could certainly, nope. you know, understand that Get aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Did, you, did you also notice that like after she took off like the, the coat, like the sleeve part, that it seemed to be a little more fitting or was she, did she change a completely different dress I oh yeah no it was, it was a completely like, different dress so the first dress was a oh. Givenchy second dress was by Stella McCartney a totally different dress oh, okay. entirely the, the Stella McCartney was like more of a halter top I think it was more because yeah, that one silk. that one seemed to be really well fitting like that one that one fit her very well I, I was did it have to Still do flowing. anything with the the church that maybe like maybe it was just like being she wanted to be more covered up or, or any something like that more modest well, it's definitely, obviously, the sleeves came into play to be more covered up. And I, I, I'm i not saying it should have been, like, like suction to her body. It was more just, <laughs> right. like, it was almost like the darts were sort of just falling in the wrong areas, in my opinion. It's like, you know, when you go put, try on an outfit and you love it on the hanger and then you put it on and you realize it was just not made for your body type. I'm not necessarily saying that with her dress. Um, but there was just, like, a few spots that it was just, like... A little, a little wonky. Again, though, like I'm 99% happy with all her dress choice. 100%. Like, well, 99%. <laughs> um, that was my only, like, my only gripe with it. <clears throat> but yeah, her second dress was positively lovely. Actually, and I I'm love pictures. Yeah, and Prince Harry's wearing a a tux for the second the reception look. Yeah, I'm looking at the two different dresses now, and I see it like like it the the ceremony dress seemed a little bit. Um, wonky like you said but then like the the other dress the second dress where where prince harry's like in uh you know a a tux then Mm -hmm. um it is so well fitting i love how remember how everybody always talked about michelle obama's arms like how how they were so powerful and toned and beautiful like that's i i love Meghan markle's arms and shoulders in in this picture where they're like walking out (laughs) uh i'm also just looking at like the one of the uh, attendance, I guess, and it just looks like it's just like looking down at the ground, like hmm. <laughs> it's just a funny picture. Sorry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's. I think it's. Um, again, we're not like. I don't want to be negative about her dress. I just. I thought. I loved how it was simple. I hope that that is something that inspires people. Is just just being bold and just going with something simple. It doesn't need to be sparkly or covered in lace or covered in diamonds or covered in sequins, and yep. you know have all this tool. It can just be simple if that's your style, and it can be absolutely stunning. Um, I also loved her. Did you see her bouquet that she held for the ceremony? Yep. It was it was just wonderful. I think, you know, by nature, we always think, well, the bride's bouquet has to be this huge thing and it has to be, yep. you know, full of texture and when flowers and cascades and all these things. And I love that it was just this very small, compact um, bouquet, just a nice handheld bouquet is beautiful. Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. No. All right. Well, yeah. since we were talking about 
um, sort of her second attire and Harry's tux. They were heading to. um, So what happened was once the ceremony happened at St. George's Chapel, they did like this loop around the block with the carriage ride. I think it was like a seven mile carriage ride. Then they came back to St. George's Hall for those that were attending the ceremony. There was like a reception. I think it was like for 600 people. Later that night, um, Prince Charles hosted a more private reception for about 200 people at the Frogmore House. And when they got changed into that tux and Stella McCartney dress, got into that blue Jaguar, that was where they were heading for that. And I know you, Dan, have thoughts about this. Yeah, this is this is the thing that I loved most is that, you know, they still they gave a little nod to all the people that came there. Like, you know, they they're in this position of power or whatever. They're they're very public people. Um, And so they they you know, shared some of their day, right? That they, even though they didn't have to, they shared a little bit of their day. They, they created this other time when people who, you know, aren't really close to them, who might, they might've not met and known that well, got to come in and say, hi, you know, how you doing? Celebrate a little bit. But then they had their wedding. They had their reception where they got to celebrate with the people who are most important to them. And again, I just love that Again, we talk about pressure and all these things. I don't know how much pressure is on them to have that like middle reception to have those 600 people there. But I'd like to think that, you know, they despite that pressure, they still said, no, we're going to you know, we're definitely going to have this other reception just for us, just for our friends and family where they can, you know, no paparazzi, no media where they got to, you know, hopefully get on the dance floor and party a little bit and do exactly what married couples get to do and that's party and have fun and, and enjoy themselves and enjoy the the first day of the rest of their lives together like right like i love that they still honored that tradition I, you know even though I know budget doesn't have anything to do with that, but I feel like when you spend $42 million on a wedding there are like <laughs> these these things that you have to consider right like or maybe just us common folk think like, oh, they're going to do all these fancy things. And just like that, they, they're just real people. Like they're just right. normal people at the end of the day. And they still want to have fun with their friends and dance and, you know, maybe be a little silly and not as royal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not as put a face on for right, the whole right, entire right. time. Yeah, because that that private reception was only 200 people. That's very relatable. And to translate it even more into us mere peasant speak, that would be... (laughs) Us down in steerage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, C-class here. Um, So let's say you have this huge family and your family, your parents are saying, you know what, we have to invite the family. This, This is how it has to be. What if you did an earlier in the day ceremony like they did? They did a, a noon ceremony. What if you did, you know, an, a late morning ceremony and then immediately following that ceremony, you did a one hour brunch cocktail reception which is very light bites where you don't have to feed all these people you don't necessarily have to wildly entertain them all you just have a little bit of background music playing strings whatever it is give them a little bit a little bit to eat a little bit to drink and then you say goodbye to all those big people then either later in the night or another day entirely you have the reception that you want with the people that are most important to you there with you know if you had to invite 300 people to your ceremony 200 people whatever it is and you only want 30 40 people at that reception or whatever that's a great way to do it. Talk about like pleasing both people because you still have all these people that did get to come witness the ceremony. And if people want to argue that, say, well, that's the whole reason we're having this celebration is for the ceremony. If you don't want to go to that, then what's the point? What are you yep. coming to witness? I think the one thing that every couple, no matter how much they spend on their wedding or whatever, can use to do more of is spend more time with the people they love on their wedding day. 
And I know I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I feel like there's so much pressure and I don't know if it comes from the the wedding industry or wedding professionals or what, but just to have uh, to take all these pictures and spend you know ten thousand hours DIYing things and and you know have a this giant stage photo shoot is what your wedding day turns into. But it's not that, right? Like like I'm a photographer and I still believe that you know the like you should carve out any way possible to spend as much time with your guests as you know like you have like. I always tell my couples like cut me off whenever whenever you're done, right? Like like you know we schedule photo time and everything and and you know we make sure that there's like this fine balance, right? Where where I get to have the I get to photograph the pictures that they're hiring me for, those portraits and create being creative and things like that. But then that's it, right? Then like I, you know, maybe later in the evening around sunset, you know, we'll uh pull them out or something again, but like I want to minimize the amount of time that they're spending with me because I know that at at our wedding like I desperately wanted to spend more of cocktail hour with with our guests, you know, and, you know, photos ran late and whatever. And we still got to party with everybody. We still had an amazing time. Like it's still an amazing day. But looking back, I still wish I would have spent more time. Right. Um, I mean, granted, I feel like you could have given me all day and I would have. You could have had a 10 hour cocktail hour and you still would have been like, just not enough time. (laughs) I know. I want to sit down and have an in-depth, like life changing (laughs) conversation with every person here. Um, But I, I, I'm just going to simply say it again. I feel like the thing that every couple could do more of is spend more time, more quality time with their guests at a wedding rather than the stuff that we're expected to do. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. And I think it's also, I would also add together with their guests. You know what I mean? Yes. We, yes. That's, it's a very much a day about unity and coming together. And I think, you know, there's going to be times throughout the day where you are separated from your partner. But I think that combined effort of, of spending time with people yeah. is very much appreciated from a guest perspective. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I really like that about it. I also, so rumor has it well I think it's pretty much true um Megan at the um private reception that they did later in the night Megan actually um went against tradition and she gave it a speech at the reception which I thought was amazing yeah I wonder what this I wonder what she said huh well probably something along the lines of holy crap and thank you (laughs) (laughs) You guys are amazing. What just happened? But yeah, it's I, I love that. I love when couples um, give a thank you or just sort of share their thoughts because yeah. um, you can always go around the room and talk to everybody. But like you said, there's just there's never going to be enough time in the day. And I think just to take a microphone in your hand and just address everybody there, um, it doesn't need to be a beautiful, perfectly put together speech. It can just come from the heart. <laughs> And like, you could just like take a minute or two to spill your guts. Um, And I think when I see it done, it's not uncommon for one of the two people in the relationship to say, I would love to do it, but you got to be the one that says it like to the other person. Right. And then what happens is that person gets up there and and, and they start saying it. um, And then the other person will grab the mic when they're done and be like, well, here's also what I want to (laughs) say. So suddenly like they're thinking (laughs) of stuff too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sometimes it's just one person that speaks, but I I love the fact that, that Megan gave a speech at that reception because I feel like it's naturally a thing where obviously Prince Harry's family is going to by and large overshadow her family. Right. right. Like it's it's that's just what's going to happen. Asterisk. Also, her mom did an amazing job of just being this wonderful person from what it seemed like. Um, yeah. But I think it's by nature. And for her to sort of stand up and say, I would like to say something. And I think that's just a very powerful and wonderful, wonderful moment that had to be just like 
amazing uh, for her and for everybody there too. Yeah. Speeches in general, I, I think from the couple on a wedding day are just so classic. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't always see them, but I, it's the one time where let's be honest, sometimes during the father daughter dance or, you know, even the first dance, people are eating, they're talking at their tables, whatever. They're not always paying attention, but every single time, every single couple's speech or whether it's the bride or the groom who, who stands up and gives a toast, everybody pays attention and everybody's smiling and everybody's just happy. Right. And it's like the thing that I do love about it is that it it breaks that like fourth wall, right. Where it's like, it's the couple's wedding day. You know, you don't want to like bug them, but you also want to like send them your well wishes. And it just breaks that. It just makes everybody more approachable. And I, I really wish that everybody did it because I think it's, it's the guests appreciate it so much. You know, I, that's still the highlight, like top four moments from our wedding day is the speech that I gave to everybody. Rachel was like, I don't, you don't, I don't need to say anything. Like you just do it. If you want to do it, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it was like, it was just so exciting to have so many people there. And we really desperately wanted to thank everybody for coming there. And I, I mean, I'm also a bit of a ham. I like being the center of attention too. So that also played into it, but no, it, <laughs> shocker. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like even if you don't like it, just standing up and saying, we love all of you so much and we are so thrilled that you are all here celebrating with us. Now get a drink and we'll see you on the dance floor. I don't know, whatever right. it is. But but just, yeah, it's so classy. So if you're on the fence about doing one, you should do it because you're awesome. Can you imagine if, if Megan, like after this like beautiful wedding, she was like, let's get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> let's get crunk <laughs> the poor queen uh, y'all let your hair down it's time to get crazy and then like rihanna's work comes on <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that would be crazy. amazing 100 percent. what did you think um as a photographer dan what did you think um of the photos that were released after the after the wedding i love it uh so well, obviously there's like what photos were there so so there are three like main ones. There's that beautiful black and white photograph of them sitting on the steps where they're like kind of laughing. That was like one of the official photos that uh, the the photographer, official photographer released. And they're laughing and they look, of course, stunning and beautiful and, and happy and everything um, and flawless, of course. Uh, and then you also see there's two other photographs, like basically two family formals. Mm-hmm. One of, of basically like I, I, I forget if Megan's – is Megan's mom in it? Yes. Okay. In the one with so Meg- the queen, yep. Yep, yeah, so the queen is in it. All of the page boys and bridesmaids slash, I guess the equivalent, American equivalent would be uh, flower girls, but I'm not right, sure what. Right, because they're young. I think they called them yeah. bridesmaids, though. I don't they know. Because I, I think in, in the more literal, ter- literal term of them being the bridesmaids, Mates. like they little help. maidens. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then there's the page boys and everything. And again, I just think it's funny that this 42 million dollar wedding everything is like set in place and perfect and all the kids look amazing and yet in that professional photograph there's like one one little flower girl who's just like looking off to the side of the camera like just she, like everybody else is like perfect and prim and proper and then there's just this one little girl on like the front bottom right row who's just just could not hang like like she looks adorable but she's just totally bored out of her mind like you could tell she's just looking off to the side of the camera yeah um and then kids there's another one of just like, yep, of just, there's another one of just the, uh, Megan and Harry with, with just like the, the page boys and the bridesmaids around her. And it's just like, the kids still look like a little bit awkward. Like they're still just like a little, you just can't control them. And I just love that. Again, it just makes it all the more real. And I just love that, that little pe- peek into, uh, 
into their lives and no matter how much planning and prep goes into it you just some things you can't control and they just rolled with it and had a good time i think yeah. it's fun. I, I also like that they they still released that one yeah even though it wasn't quote unquote perfect perfectly perfect i agree yeah. and you know those like at least one of those kids was like are we done yet or i'm hungry <laughs> Three photos in. Can I take my I dress off now? I have to go to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. How did they not have like chocolate syrup or like like every every single wedding here? By the time the the ceremony rolls around, there's always like syrup or or like juice, lipstick, or, or, yeah, juice, something yeah. down the front of this like perfect white dress because she's had it on for thirty minutes and no white dress or white shirt. Like I cannot keep my daughter's shirt clean for more than ten minutes. I bibs everything. I could put a trash bag over her. And she would still find ways to like rub her hands on it. And I don't know. It's ridiculous, but it's just funny. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't even think about that. They have yep. to have like a lot of Tide pens on standby, <laughs> you know, just like ready to go, like backup dresses. The, they have backstage backup dresses. Quick, quick, Maddie, get back here and change. Go, 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 go. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so I, funny. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What else? Um, I think the only other thing that I had on my list that I thought was like really, um, really great was in lieu of gifts, because obviously um, these this couple has probably anything and everything they could ever imagine. Um, you know, they, they certainly don't need people to 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 endow them with gifts for on their wedding day. They opted to ask guests to donate to a charitable cause and they gave like seven options um, that they recommended. I like that. I think it's something that I used to see a lot years ago and I haven't seen as much of lately. Um, <clears throat> they've also like another way to do it is in lieu of favors. Um, a couple can, can donate to a great, uh, to a great cause in their guest honor. And I think that's something that I would love to see more of. Um, I would like to see that come back a little bit. Cause I think it's a lovely thing. It's a really great thing. Yeah. yeah and I mean, they're people of power, they've got money and you know, that, you know, you you saw the guest list there. You saw what people were there. Um, yeah, like what does Oprah really great... bring as a gift to a wedding? Man? <laughs> right. Hey, you get a school, and you get a school. Everybody gets schools. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, you know, there's there's so much power and so much money at that wedding, right? right. And it's like that's a great way to use your position of power to for an influence of good. You know. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was very cool. Uh, I just sorry, a thought just popped into my head. Um, did you happen to see? Speaking of photos, there's a photo of we know David Beckham, right? And he was a guest at the wedding. Yep. And there's a photo of him walking, and there's sort of this zoom up on him walking with his hand by his side, um, with his uh, his uh, a photo of his watch. Basically, is what it's zoomed in on. Um, but his watch is also right next to his butt. And the it sort of says above the photo, like, did we see David Beckham's watch? <laughs> like, what a nice watch <laughs> that that is, because it's just zoomed in right on his tush. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a very well put together gentleman. <clears throat> so it's just it was really funny. And at first I didn't get it. I was like, I don't get it. I don't really see the detail of the watch. Why are we talking about this watch? And then I realized what the watch was next to. Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. But anyway. So before I leave you guys, I wanted to make sure that 
uh, I sort of say this because I think it's so important that when we watch things like this on TV and not uncommon to watching these huge um, weddings that take place in movies and on TV shows, I think it's so important to make sure that we're setting the right expectations from those things, that we're taking inspiration from them um, and, you know, taking things and saying, oh, I love that or I didn't like that and, and, and incorporating that into our own plans of life. But at the same time, I also wanted to be really clear um, that, as we've mentioned a few times, this wedding in American dollars costs the equivalent of $42 million. Now, a lot of that is spent on security and just, you know, obviously all of the things that come with this royal aspect. But I did read that just the floral budget alone was almost $150,000. So that beautiful arch you saw in the ceremony and all of those, all of the floral aspects, $150,000. So please, guys, as you're sort of looking at these things, don't go to your florist and say, I want that for my wedding unless you have that that budget to accommodate it because there's only so many things that can be done to make that stuff happen and I think it's important to make sure that you're taking away inspiration but also setting really realistic expectations of what can be achieved with the budget that you specifically have for your event and no matter what your budget is it's a-okay it's not bad if you don't have a $150,000 budget floral budget for your wedding it's not bad if you have a $150,000 budget for your entire wedding it's just a matter of 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 making sure you're going into it with the right expectations um, and sort of listening to the professionals that you've hired as to what can and can't be done for the budget you have. Yeah. And I would just remind everybody out there that if you look at the decisions that, that you know that Megan made like her dress, her bouquet, they were very simple, very clean, not overly flashy. You know that some of that budget, some of the flowers and everything was designers was you know people saying like we we have to we have to put on the show right like we have to do this there's gonna be lots of people watching i'm willing to bet that if it was if it was just her and and prince harry creating it i don't who knows if it would have been that spectacular that over the top you know right um so i think that's just something to keep in mind that you know her choices even though she really had probably uh and indispensable amount of cash is that the right word i'm looking for uh they, she had access to a, a you know a whole bunch right. she still chose uh, grant she chose probably a very spectacular designer and whatever but she still chose to go simple and clean and classic and not over the top on just some of the things that were very directly related to her does that make mm-hmm. sense it does i don't know that they necessarily have um so like when we talk about budget the royal wedding yeah. works differently in the sense that a lot of it is funded by the residents um, in, in taxpayers and things like that. But um, I do know that when the weddings, when these royal weddings have been planned, the uh, committee or whatever it is that decides what's going to be allocated for this wedding also looks at it in the sense of, um, so like in this case, it cost $42 million to put on this wedding, but, or I guess I should say 32 million pounds. But what they knew um that having this wedding would bring like they knew they estimated it would bring about five billion pounds in like tourist you know increase like you know like yeah thank you in in tourist revenue yes exactly to the area so they sort of they they make a decision from a very like business standpoint which is always really um which i thought was interesting um and obviously many of us don't really aren't looking at it from that perspective so when we say like okay a 42 million dollar wedding they're looking at it like we're investing 42 million dollars to bring five billion to our economy here so it's i thought that was uh an interesting aspect to it um 
And again, you know that the show then has to be part of it. Like if people are, if they know that people are going to come and spend a whole bunch of money to come see it, that they have to put on some of the show then as well. They have to, you know, that, that floral arch standing outside, like how that was such a huge focal point. Everybody talked about that floral arch and, the, mm -hmm. you know, all the wedding blogs were saying, Oh, we're going to see floral arches all over the place now. Um, you know, but you know, like some of those things, the cars, the carriage, um, are, are all pomp and circumstance. They're all right. partly for the show of the people who are coming there who want to see the Royal wedding. Right. Yeah. I also think it was a lot of, um, it was probably compromising on both parties, both in the, in this Royal wedding saying like, Oh, it has to be big. It has to be grand. It has to be this. And Megan saying, and, and Prince Harry hopefully saying, yeah, but we also want to have this like really kick-ass choir at our wedding too. And we would really like to have this gentleman give this awesome sermon. And you know what I mean? And like her saying like, I really think I would just love this simple dress. You know, like I think there was a lot of compromising happening on both sides yeah. um, to achieve something that still felt genuine to us and still felt like them, but still also carried the weight of, well, no, this is still a royal wedding, you know? Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious if, uh, if we missed anything that like other people are saying like, wow, you guys definitely need this. So um, unfortunately, this is our last episode for season four. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a little break here in the meantime. Maybe, maybe, depending, because June is like family time for me. My wedding anniversary is is in June. Also, our daughter's birthday is in June. And then July is really family time and everything as well. Um, I we, we might do a Dear Dan's one or two in there, just if, if we get some good questions. Only if we get the really but, good questions. Well, if we get really good questions, but if we if we miss something and you guys want to write in and say, duh, why don't you talk about that? We would be happy and would love to hear from you. Um, but season five, let's let's quick talk about season five as we wrap up this season. Yep. Season five, we are going to be launching launching on Tuesday, September 4th, which is the day after Labor Day and also a few days before my birthday. Shout out to the Virgos. Whoop, whoop. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be getting that ready for September. So for the late summer or fall as we head into that. And like Dan said, uh, I, we do a lot of family time in the summer. I'm really busy with, with weddings that we have going on. So yep. And it gives us time to sort of um, step back a little bit and bring you uh, topics that are really yep. relevant and we think will help. But that said, we are so eager to talk about things that you want to hear. So if yep. you have a specific question, that's great. But also if you have a great idea for an entire episode that we either haven't talked about yet or think we want, we can talk about a little bit more, please let us know. We are so eager for that feedback from you guys because yeah. we can't do this without you. And it's just, it's so important to, for us to talk about what you want to know. Yeah, still to this point, episode two, It's Your Party for Everyone Else is our number one episode. Um, and I, I, I feel like I can guess for a couple reasons why like so many people like that uh, or so many people listen to it. But I'd also I'd really love to know what you guys get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why so many people head right there, why you're so interested in that one. And that would just really help us influence for new episodes. Um, you know, we were very new and green when we created that episode. And I feel like I feel like in season five, uh, hopefully don't quote me on this because now I'm putting it on air um, <laughs> that we should kind of we could re up that if you guys would want to hear us dig into that a little more and, and unpack that a little more. So uh, let us know. Seriously, we're we're normal people and we would just really love to hear from you, whether that's on um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd pretty much just search Daniel Moyer photo, I'll pop up. Um, you can also check out my website and email me there. Uh, at danielmoyerphotography.com and obviously of course check out the put a ring on it podcast website uh, where you can get show notes and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. And as usual, I'm DPNAK, DPNAK. Everywhere Everything. and anywhere, <laughs> but yeah, and we've get um, we've been getting some some great emails, but I'd love to get more. Also, um, I think because we haven't asked in a while, I would love it if you guys took a second right now and rated um, and reviewed us on iTunes. We've been feeling yeah. a little bit of love over there, uh, but it's been a little bit quiet, and we would love to get your feedback there too. Um, hopefully, yes, if it's time. positive. If you have any negative feedback, I would obviously prefer that you send it to us privately so we can help take <laughs> care of it because iTunes. Uh, you know, really loves those positive reviews, but we also want you to be true and honest because that's what helps future future listeners as well. So that's really all for now. We are going to miss you guys. Um, We will see you soon. Uh, for those listening that we are doing your weddings, we cannot wait for that. That is super exciting. (laughs) We've, um, we are working with a few of our amazing listeners, which is just insane um and i'm pretty sure they're like they're some of the coolest people on the planet uh you guys know who i'm talking about there um especially when i say planet wink wink so uh, i will talk to you guys soon dan you have a lovely summer you too here's us signing off from season four it's the end of the side everybody Bye bye bye